The Way Out Podcast, episode 166. That serenity prayer, man, that to me is like so much. That's like everything, you know, just moving about my day to day and trying to be in the moment and not worrying about anything else, you know, just what's going on right now and show up for life. I don't have to be like a dickhead to you because I'm having a bad day or, you know, scream at my kid and, and paddle his ass for no good reason because I'm upset or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to be like that. And, and that's a gift of the program. And that's a gift of what I've received as a result of working these steps and being engaged in fellowship and community with uh, people like you, man. And, and that's what it's about. You know, you, I learn and grow from from the people and the environments that I choose to put myself in today. And it teaches me how to be a better man, you know, and how to not um, hang on to stuff or let things get blown out of proportion. Often I take myself seriously when I'm being challenged or I perceive like I'm being attacked. One of my uh, employees on my team that comes to me and says, hey, look, I, I just don't think this is working. Right. And today I can take a step back and say, okay, tell me why. And they'll go through the reasons and sometimes they're really great reasons. And I hear it from other people and then I change what I'm doing and, and it improves because I was able to not take myself so seriously because I was able to detach from the, the criticism and use it in order to be able to improve. Sometimes it's not great feedback and then I, you know, and I disregard it, right? Take what you want and leave the rest, right? But right. regardless of whether it's, you know, good that's feedback that or humility. not. That's yes. that humility piece. Bingo. Right? Bingo. And I can oh, do that maybe, at home Maybe too. I don't know everything. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? And that's maybe true. the fact that you're challenging me is more about you than it is about me. Yeah. Right? And so I think about that at work and I think about that at home. If a child is my, one of my children is challenging me, I used to think that was all about me. Right? Mm -hmm. And take it super personally, super seriously. Today, I could take a step back and think, it's probably a lot about him. Right. You know? It's probably not a lot about me, actually. And maybe I can detach from it a little bit. And that's another thing about not taking myself so seriously. I use a healthy level of detachment to navigate through that. Welcome Way Out faithful and first timers to this week's installment of the Way Out podcast. We appreciate your ears. Our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's AllRecoveryRings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to DailyAAEmails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. 
Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week, we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason, I'm Charlie. And this week, we're talking all about rule number 62 of the 12-step program, Alcoholics Anonymous. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. On the surface, this seems a rather simple and straightforward concept. However, Upon further review, questions likely arise that don't appear to have an easy answer. Like, what does it mean not to take ourselves too seriously? How serious is too serious? Isn't sobriety and recovery, at its core, a serious and often life-or-death endeavor? How do we avoid taking ourselves so seriously? And what recovery tools can we use in our efforts? We'll answer all of these questions, share feedback from the Sober and Serious community, and take your calls. So, without further ado, we give you our episode on Rule 62. Listen up. Welcome to episode 166 of the Way Out podcast. This week is all about rule number 62. Yeah, man. Should be a fun one. Absolutely. And I love the idea because this podcast can be serious. Recovery can be serious. Sobriety can be serious, but it doesn't have to be serious all the time. And in fact, it it, it shouldn't be serious all the time. We should have fun in recovery. We should have the ability not to take ourselves or our program too seriously. To that end, AA rule number 62 is don't take yourself too damn seriously. Yes, sir. (laughs) There's a story behind this rule, right? And there's not 61 other rules, right? There used to be. But there isn't anymore. They kept 62 and they got rid rid of the rest. There's 12 rules, really, right? And those are the traditions. Those are the rules of 12-step programs, are the 12 traditions. But there's also rule number 62, which, again, reads, don't take yourself too damn seriously. And the story is really, I think, instructive in terms of why the rule is in existence, why it apply, why it's applicable in 12-step groups, but also I think we'll 
maybe talk about why it's applicable on a personal level too. So without further ado, we're going to share the origin story of Rule 62. <laughs> this is going to be interesting because I already learned stuff listening to your uh, monologue there at the beginning i'm like what <laughs> yeah. yeah man yeah now it, i'm curious <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be this is a great story so this is out of the 12 by 12 tradition four each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or aa as a whole autonomy is a 10 dollar word but in relation to us it means very simply that every aa group can manage its affairs exactly as it pleases except when AA as a whole is threatened. Comes now the same question raised in Tradition 1. Isn't such liberty foolishly dangerous? Over the years, every conceivable deviation from our 12 steps and traditions has been tried. That was to be sure, since we were are so largely a band of ego-driven individualists, children of chaos, we have defiantly played with every brand of fire only to emerge unharmed and we think wiser. These very deviations created a vast process of trial and error, which under the grace of God has brought us to where we stand today. Now it goes on to say more about that, but here's the story that it originates Rule 62. When AA was still young, lots of eager groups were forming. In a town we'll call Middleton, a real crackerjack had started up. The townspeople <laughs> were as hot as firecrackers about it. Oh, Stargazing, wow. <laughs> the elders dreamed of innovations. They figured the town needed a great big alcoholic center, a kind of pilot plant AA. Groups could duplicate everywhere. Beginning on the ground floor, there would be a club. In the second story, they would sober up drunks and hand them currency for their bank debts. The third deck would house an educational project, quite non-controversial, of course. An imagination, the gleaming center was to be go up several stories more, but three would do for a start. This would all take a lot of money and other people's money. Believe yeah. it or not, wealthy townsfolk bought the idea. There were, though, a few conservative dissenters among the alcoholics. They wrote the foundation, AA's headquarters in New York, wanting to know about this sort of streamlining. They understood that the elders, just to nail things down good, were about to apply to the foundation for a charter. These few were disturbed and skeptical. Of course, there was a promoter in the deal, a super promoter. By his eloquence, he allied all fears, despite advice from the foundation that it could issue no charter in that ventures which mixed an AA group with medication and education had come to sticky ends elsewhere. To make things <laughs> safer, the promoter organized three corporations and became president of them all, freshly painted, the new center shone. The warmth of it all spread through the town. Soon things began to hum. To ensure foolproof, continuous operation, 61 rules and regulations were adopted. Oh, wow. But alas, this bright scene was not long in darkening. 
confusion replaced serenity. It was found that some drunks yearned for education but doubted if they were alcoholics. The personality defects of others could be cured maybe with a loan. Some were club-minded, but it was just a question of taking care of the lonely heart. Sometimes the swarming applicants would go for all three floors. Some would start at the top and come through to the (laughs) bottom, becoming club members. Others started in the club, pitched a binge, were hospitalized, then graduated to the education on the third floor. It was a beehive of activity, all right. But unlike a beehive, it was confusion compounded. An AA group, as such, simply couldn't handle this sort of project. All too late, that was discovered. Then came the inevitable explosion. Something like that day, the boiler burst in Wombly's clapboard factory. A chill choke damp of fear and frustration fell over the group. When that lifted, a wonderful thing had happened. The head promoter wrote the foundation office. He said he wished he'd paid some attention to AA experience. Then he did something else that was to become an AA classic. It all went on a little card about golf score size. The cover read, Middleton Group Number 1, Rule Number 62. Once the card was unfolded, a single pungent sentence leaped to the eye. Don't take yourself too damn seriously. (laughs) That was that under tradition for an AA group had exercised its right to be wrong. Moreover, it had performed a great service for Alcoholics Anonymous because it had been humbly willing to accept the lessons it learned. It had picked itself up with a laugh and gone on to better things. Even the chief architect, standing in the ruins of his dream, could laugh at himself. And that (laughs) is the very acme of humility. Wow. Dude, I bet your boys loved it when you would read them stories at bedtime. (laughs) They did. That's awesome. Wow, though. I've never heard that story before. So they, I think, they, I think I've heard bits and pieces of it. I remember right. hearing something about like that center, right. um, and and whatnot, and that and that there was a bunch of stuff. I guess I wasn't, didn't remember it as it was rules per se, or you know, like a rule book that was written. But they legitimately yeah. had sixty-one rules, and it was still a complete sideshow. Or as my seven-year-old would say, legit, legit. They legit did that. They and I'm like, had 61 rules. And I'm like, Wyatt, stop saying <laughs> that, bro. He kills it. He just, he's murdering the legit. <laughs> so we now have some backstory and some context around mm-hmm. the origin of rule number 62, <clears throat> which gives us a greater appreciation for what can seem like quite loosey goosey rules when it comes to a 12-step group, right? There's 12 traditions, right? And a lot of them are, y'all can do whatever you want so long as you're not messing with other groups or AA as a whole, that you keep your primary purpose your primary purpose and that you keep helping people, right? I mean, there's just- Right, and like don't don't attach our name, don't attach the AA name to- whatever you're doing out there, if it's, yeah. 
pretty much any of the shit you do <laughs> except for how like many times sponsoring. have you or i but me specifically right heard of folks in recovery that want to found start create a recovery mecca center right right i i know to cure one. all of the drunks to cure all of the addicts <laughs> well right? actually i guess i do know a, a few but one for sure that falls into that to almost like verbatim like what how you just described <laughs> <laughs> so and i will not throw him under the bus we absolutely will not be naming <laughs> any names however no, no. <laughs> what I will say is, and I better not laugh too hard because who knows, you know. Hey, you know what? Uh, as long as it's, I think you know the biggest thing is that it's not affiliated with twelve step groups or AA, right? That, that's right. the big thing that AA is saying. Hey, look, y'all can do what you want, just make sure that it's not and um, not aligned with AA specifically, right. right? And because this principle of not taking ourselves too seriously, I think has endured for some time within many, many groups. You have an underlying like, hey, we've got a dead serious mission here, but we also know that if we try to uh, take ourselves so seriously that we're going to create 61 rules to potentially head off any potential uh, issue, you are going to effectively administrate out the usefulness of the group, right? right. Nobody will want to go. So what did they do? They like threw, threw that rule book in the bonfire one day? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that whole center no longer exists. They went back to just being an AA group. Do you know how long that place was open? I don't know how long it was open, but by the sound of the story, not that long. Yeah, it sounds like it pretty much was like a real quick, damn, this isn't working type thing. For me, man, like the this don't take ourselves too seriously slash let's not have 61 rules right. allows folks to be able to enter the rooms of 12-step recovery and know that the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. That's right. it. There's one. And, and, there's 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 one requirement. That's and that it. we're all gonna make mistakes. I mean, come on now. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if there was all these rules, I would not be a part of a twelve-step <laughs> program. I'm telling you, I would not no. be a part of it. There's no way. If there was Shit. sixty, dude. If there was sixty-one rules on the wall, I'd walk right the. I'd walk right back out. That would feel like a whole wall, bro. Right, right. Could You'd you like, imagine? Uh, they would have lost me by the time I got to like probably the 12th. Right. The 12th one. 100%. <laughs> All right, I'm out. This isn't for me. Yeah. Y'all have too many rules. You all take yourselves far too serious. Right. Um, I'm going to try something else. Because uh, yeah. I'll break probably 50% of those inside of 24 hours. And you know what I mean? Like just the right. fact that there's so many of them, I think it would become a personal mission to see how many I could break 
in a you know 24 hour period right so yeah and i don't think people in recovery <laughs> or addicts and alcoholics in general people in general probably have a great amount of fondness for a lot of rules no hell no and, <laughs> I and i fancied myself a pretty good rule breaker like i was pretty good at it like i, I went a long time without getting other than a couple d dubs you know like i i did a lot of shit that would have landed me in the joint for a long time you know what i mean and i and i would i thought i was pretty smart pretty good at being a criminal and getting away with shit for a long time so yeah, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's see what how much of this shit I can like just tear off the wall. <laughs> I can't imagine, yeah. I can't imagine AA would in the 12 steps, the 12 step fellowships and programs would be as popular as they are if there were 60 plus rules. Mm -mm. I think it would be the demise, just like it was the demise of this treatment center. It would have been the demise of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, for sure. So pretty important to keep it short and simple. 12 traditions or rules if you want to view them that way. But that's what they are essentially, right? Mm -hmm. It's 12 rules to make sure that the groups can function and sustain and fulfill their primary purpose, right? So mm -hmm. There's also a personal uh, a personal avenue to rule number 62 for me. And I think we can look at it from a personal perspective. Not taking ourselves too seriously. Right. Or what other people are doing, you know. So, right? So and what does it mean when I say that I don't, I try not to take myself too seriously? Sometimes I do, man. So <laughs> what that means is that I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. Just, just that last line, right? Even the chief architect standing in the ruins of his dream could laugh at himself. And that is the very acme of humility. The underlying mm -hmm. principle to not taking ourselves too seriously, and for me, not taking myself too seriously, is humility. Mm. Right? Yeah, I guess for me, I, I feel like, too, it's, it's being able to let go of shit, you know, like if, because what, no matter how hard we try to, like, not put expectations on things in life, uh, we're going to, and it's just going to happen. So sometimes things are going to, you know, get under your skin and, you know, that's going to happen. But being able to let it go and just accept it, you know. So acceptance and letting go to me is like, because if I'm, that's that's me like, you know, relinquishing control, which is not take, taking it too seriously. You know what I mean? Like if I won't let it go, then I'm taking it way too fucking seriously. And, I, and that will eat me up. You know, it just will. <laughs> when I attach my self-esteem and pride and ego to a particular outcome because I thunked it up, 
Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really great idea. And when it crashed and burned, I can tell you before recovery, it was everybody else's fault that that happened. And if they would have only followed the plan, if they were only do what they were supposed to do, then everything would have worked out just fine. Right. Yeah. And so that's the, the stage and the actors and the big book talks a lot about that, right. Man, trying to manifest particular outcomes through whatever means we can employ in order to produce a, a desired outcome. Right. And in sobriety and recovery, I detach from that. I don't need to go down with the ship. You know, I don't need to sink with the proverbial ship. If something doesn't work out, if an outcome isn't what I had expected, anticipated, desired, I can unhitch from that. Yeah. And you gotta. Yeah. And dude, that spans across so many areas. You know what I mean? Like even like in, in a relationship with, with your kid or with your spouse and like maybe you get irritated with them or, or whatever. And you know, the old me would have literally probably just been thinking about that and shaking my head over and over all day and night. But absolutely me today, I recognize that like, I don't like that. And I either need to do one of two things, you know, I need to address it. Um, if, if I can, or I need to let it go. And a lot of times, you know, is it worth it? Cause I mean, if, if I tried to make it a something that needed to be addressed every time I was offended or annoyed or, whatever <laughs> you know i'd be spending a lot of time trying to sit people down for serious talks and shit <laughs> and, absolutely uh, and it's just a lot less uh of a pain in the butt living your life where you're not you know you're choosing today not to like carry any kind of like irritation when i'm not trying to control people places and things yeah just fuck it you know and constantly trying to control people's places, people, places, and things in order to satisfy my ego, right. my pride, my self-esteem. And when, the, when it didn't go right, then I would blow up or I would have a or i would try harder or sometimes you know all sorts of different tactics i would employ in order to either produce the desired outcome or let the person know how much (laughs) they screwed up right how much how how much they had failed me because they didn't do what i wanted them to do right and and it's funny too because it's such a catch twenty two because you're gonna make that kind of mistake or have that kind of an off day where you get under their skin, and I mean I try to look at my relationships in that kind of aspect too. It's like 
those people that seem to just treat you good most of the time, despite that, you know, when you have an off day or shitty moments, you know, and they love you anyway, dude, they yeah, love you. Sure. They love you anyway. And they're, and they're trying to be decent and good and kind to you. Like, so I know that if I want, if I want grace, then I have to give grace. If I want forgiveness, I have to give forgiveness. If I want love, I have to give love and that's it, you know? And those so are those spiritual way, principles. Way right? less so, of a pain yeah. in the ass living your life uh, angry and upset or whatever all the time, you know, just trying to let go of things. That serenity prayer, man, that to me is like so much. That's like everything, you know, just moving about my day to day and trying to be in the moment and not worrying about anything else, you know, just what's going on right now and show up for life. <laughs> those spiritual principles that we're trying to move to that I'm trying to live out of each day rather than being attached to my ego, rather than acting out of fear, rather than trying to control people, places, and things, I can make a different decision. I can act in a different way and I can act out of love. I can act out of acceptance. I can act out of humility and those those actions when they're rooted in love and humility and acceptance mm -hmm. of people places and things allow me to be able to align my actions so that they're as helpful as they possibly can be for other people mm -hmm. rather than being self-serving interestingly enough i know how it feels when i'm trying to control a situation there's an emotion that's attached to that. There, I know what it feels like inside. I know what it feels like in my head when right. I'm trying to control a situation. And I only know that because I have enough 24 hours strung together where I've experienced that in sobriety. Right. I've recognized it. And... Now, when that feeling comes up, I can pause and make a different action. I don't <laughs> always. Sometimes I still try to control people, places, and things, and it almost never works out. And even when it does work out, I'm usually not that happy about it. Right. right. Because you, you're still going through that emotion, right? Like, correct. just because the the situation changes doesn't mean that the feeling just goes away like a flip of a switch. I mean, once I get triggered into any kind of feeling, I got to like ride that feeling out now. Yeah, dude. It's so funny because I'm the same way. I'm like, fuck, I still feel shitty. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I, be, I got I what I wanted and, up I and, feel down. Like, and I feel like garbage. You know, I need Damn time. It. I need time. <laughs> that, and, and so now that we, have a at least I think a good working understanding of you know what it really means and to not take ourselves too seriously in recovery and how we can embody more spiritual principles to act out of you know love and acceptance and right. humility rather than fear and ego and pride and self in trying to self centeredness essentially mm -hmm. right uh, which is at the root of it the fear and the self centeredness. How do you then, Jason, on a daily basis, 
go, let's go through the mechanics of it, man, because it's situation to situation. It's moment to moment. There's situations that come up that we want to control, that we want to, you know, that we think we have the right answer for. And, and um, it may or may not go the way we want it to, but how are you on a daily basis trying to not take yourself so seriously? For me, like currently, I just, one thing is, you know, just trying to stay positive, man, no matter what's going on. Because uh, I think when I first got in recovery, I thought when I heard this Rule 62 statement that it was more about like having a sense of humor and shit, like being able to laugh at the crazy stuff you did or whatever, um, or how bad it got you know getting from a place of shame to like a place where you could laugh at it i don't know but now i just think it's yeah i think it's can can i stay positive despite my certain circumstances that are going on if they're hard you know like and not and not like getting defensive all the time with people or 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 being a hand slapper and like pointing out what everybody else is doing wrong or any of that kind of shit. <laughs> for you know sure, I mean? dude. For sure. Like, like for me <clears throat> lately, you know, I've been dealing with this back stuff. I'm, I'm having spasms all the time and I'm still working 40 plus hours every week and trying to show up for every other thing. And, and my son's been really <clears throat> like defiant lately quite a bit. And I'm just like, I've been going through it, man. And now my car is, Believe it or not, Charles, it's gotten louder, louder. What? Oh wow. yeah, That's now impressive. it is deafening. My because uh, we were gonna fix the the exhaust or whatever. I was told that if because obviously I didn't do it. I don't know how to weld and stuff, but I was told that if we just we could straight pipe it and it would like make a world of difference. And dude shows up. He's, he's only got like half the length of the car pipe, so we can only make it like halfway down. So we get a pipe run from the manifold down and dude, it's literally so loud in the cab of the car that it makes your ears ring. Dang. It's up in my melon, dude. And it's, it's upsetting. It's, it's just a really upsetting sound and it's hard to, so, you know, right. Ever. I have every excuse in the world to be like, fuck my life right now. And I try to, not allow myself to go there or at least not to stay there too long. You know, if I'm feeling irritated and upset or whatever, like that's, and I was sitting there driving all afternoon today, right before we did this show, before we decided that we were going to do this. And I was laughing, texting my girlfriend. I'm like, it's kind of ironic that I'm about to record a show about, you know, not being too serious. And I just feel like, super on edge and like irritated and shit like but i had just gotten here and my ears were still ringing at that time so and i was having some spasms as i walked down the stairs but once i get up and i and i like get out of my car i usually that's how it works like i go from like a sitting position to a standing position is when i'll kind of have a few and then they'll chill out so i don't know it's just hilarious to me though when when I get like that, cause it don't happen very often. And I, I think it's pretty fucking awesome to be honest with you that it takes, um, like a number of things at one time, which any one of those things would probably have most people kind of 
tripping, you know, uh, but I need to have a bunch of stuff kind of going on like that usually to get me even crabby or something. So that, I mean, that's a blessing, man. And, and that I can still, I can still be feeling that way, think that, and I can laugh about it and say, that's kind of funny. And then I can still show up and do it. Like you probably wouldn't have even known that I was feeling like that unless I just said something, you know what I mean? And that's, that's fucking awesome because I don't have to be walking around acting like a little bitch, you know, just because I'm feeling some type of way. I don't have to be like a dickhead to you because I'm having a bad day or, you know, scream at my kid and, and paddle his ass for no good reason because I'm upset or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to be like that. And, and that's a gift of the program. And that's a gift of what I've received as a result of working these steps and being engaged in fellowship and community with uh, people like you, man. And, and that's what it's about. You know, you, I learn and grow from, from the people and the environments that I choose to put myself in today. And it teaches me how to be a better man, you know, and how to not um, hang on to stuff or let things get blown out of proportion when I'm having, because I'm, I'm going through some things right now, but I'm not going to let it stop me and I'm not going to let it fucking ruin my life or my Thanksgiving or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so that's, that's where I think. Absolutely. I think that's phenomenal. It, the idea that, you know, life is still going to get really, really lifey. And <laughs> I, by the way, I got my Bible study leader saying that now. <laughs> and I told him that it's from you. <laughs> Cause I've said it a number of times. <laughs> and when life gets lifey, <laughs> yes, we can choose to employ the kit of spiritual tools that we learn in the 12 steps. And that affords a certain level of serenity and peace, even in difficult situations. And what you just said there is that in motion, that in practice, spiritual principles affording you a relative level of peace and serenity, even amidst challenges yeah like i want to go torch my fucking car right <laughs> right totally you want to get out of it and you want to take a baseball bat to that yeah. mfr right and then i stopped at walmart and i got some earplugs and i put them bad boys in and i'm thinking ha got you bitch like now i'm gonna be able to drive you and it ain't even gonna bug me no no it's something about like a vibration there's a vibration right oh bro it's still all up in my head and in oh in la cabeza it didn't stop the ear ringing thing at all i was pissed so then i'm just like la 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 (laughs) i I actually found that if i put my finger on the end of my earplug then it kind of blocks it out more i don't know why but i've got a a wonderful mental picture yeah it was fucking awesome that in my head right now good deal that's what that was my hope you guys could and I mean, if anybody wants to go for a ride and you're around Minnesota, I'll take you for a ride, man. Hey, you can hear him from taste. Iowa. So that's the good news. Yeah. So that's the good. For me, not <laughs> taking myself I'm almost there. <laughs> too seriously, 
Look, man, especially in active addiction, in alcoholism, man, did I think I was a big fucking deal. (laughs) And if you didn't know it, I would let you know, okay, how big of a deal I was. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who you're talking to? Okay. So, and I took myself very seriously at work, although uh, paradoxically, mm-hmm. during those times, I, I didn't often give work my best, right. even though I took myself really seriously. And boy, would I get butt hurt if somebody challenged my professional competence or you know what I had going on from a professional perspective. Right. And I would make it my mission to let people know how big of a deal I was, how good I was at what I did. And same with my personal life too. Like, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've been through? How dare you treat me like that? Be, you know, in light of, who I am. And I had this righteous indignation right. that went along with, you know, how seriously I took myself. If a significant other challenged me or if a ch- if my, one of my children challenged me, I would, um, I'd go, I'd go nuts, man. You'd just be flabbergasted. I'd go nuts. <sighs> I would. I would go nuts. And so for me in recovery, not taking myself so damn seriously means that if somebody challenges something that I've adopted at work, I, I lead a team at work of like 12 folks and I put things in place and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, often it comes from one of my uh, employees on my team that comes to me and says, Hey, look, I, I just don't think this is working. Right. And today I can take a step back and say, okay, tell me why. And they'll go through the reasons. And sometimes they're, really great reasons and I hear it from other people and then I change what I'm doing and, and and it improves because I was able to not take myself so seriously because I was able to detach from the the criticism and use it in order to be able to improve sometimes it's not great feedback and then I you know and I disregard it right take what you want and leave the rest right but right. regardless of whether it's you know good that's feedback that or humility not, that's that yes. humility piece bingo right? Bingo. And I can do that at home. Maybe I don't know everything, you know, maybe. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And maybe the fact that you're challenging me is more about you than it is about me. Yeah. Right. And so I think about that at work and I think about that at home. If a child is my, one of my children is challenging me. I used to think that was all about me. Right. Mm -hmm. And take it super personally, super seriously. Today, I could take a step back and think, that's probably a lot about him. Right. You know? It's probably not a lot about me, actually. 
And maybe I can detach from it a little bit. And that's another thing about not taking myself so seriously. I use a healthy level of detachment to navigate through that. Right. Because often I take myself seriously when I'm being challenged or I perceive like I'm being attacked. Then I take myself with guards up, defenses up, boom, 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 right? Walls up, guards out, you know, and I want to I wanna come at you. Right. But I can, but I can detach from that and I can, I can see it for what it is. I can use what's useful. I can disregard the rest. And I can also say, think to myself that it isn't all about me all the time. And even when it's, even when they say it's about me, it's often not really so much about me as it is about them and what they got going on, right? So that's how I navigate not taking myself so seriously all the time at you know work and stuff. I can, I can, and and it affords me just like you a significant amount of peace and serenity that right. I never used to have. I think those are great examples, man. Like really, and, and things that we can, we can do well at sometimes and not so well at other times, you know, like that's, that's tough stuff sometimes to Dude, navigate through. Sure. Depe- depending, it's usually depending on, you know, how invested or attached am I to the other person in the scenario? Cause at work, it may be easier to really be like, man, I got this shit down. Fuck yeah. Like I'm a, my team is just rock star in this shit because we can communicate without anybody getting defensive. But then like maybe with, with my girlfriend or, or with my son or with my brother, uh, shit could be a lot different. You know what I mean? The closer we are to a person, the more difficult it is to detach. Right. And pause because the emotion is so much more significant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really grateful, dude, that even when I completely fall on my face with that shit, I can usually later that night, maybe, maybe it's tomorrow, whatever. Um, I become aware of that. And then I, and I'm already starting to, whether I know it or not, you know, move my way into the solution where I'm starting to understand, I'm understanding like what happened with me and right and, and then i can own it and it'll, it'll usually make things better you know so i mean we can make mistakes but yeah we get that gift of self-awareness for sure and just being able to admit that's another part of not taking yourself too seriously because before that pride would get in the way of admitting that shit right you'd never admit that you did something wrong because you you're trying to like maintain some type of image for yourself uh, now I know that it's not about what people think of me. It's about what I think of me, you know, and it's about, you know, how can, can I live with myself? Uh, am I living in integrity today? Am I feeling, um, good about myself because I know that I'm doing right by others. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's such a great point. Are my actions consistent with the person I'm trying to be today? Right. And you put it so well in that it's not about what you think of me. It's absolutely what 
I think of me. Yep. That's what matters the most. And if back in the day we could fucking get, I was great at like pulling the wool over people's eyes, but today I understand the importance of the fact that, yeah, they might not know, but I still know, you know, and I don't want And I want to know that my fucking slate is clean, dude. I clean my side of the street today. I don't fucking keep throwing shit in the drain, you know, or whatever. And then it gets backed up and shit. <laughs> you know? Another dimension in this that you alluded to earlier is giving ourselves some grace in the recovery process as we're growing, as we're trying to adopt this new spiritual way of life. Right. We're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. Sometimes I think, boy, I should be farther. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I'm this many years, months, days, whatever it is, sober. Mm. Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still struggling with that? Right? In giving ourselves some grace and realizing that this is, this is, a, this is about progress. This isn't about perfection. And I am going to falter. I am going to make mistakes. And sometimes I'm going to feel or want to do things or I'm triggered in a way that reminds me of early, early recovery or even active addiction. And I don't have to today beat myself up with the club and say, Charlie, you should be better than this. You should be farther than this. You should be healthier than this. You should be more recovery ninja than this, right? <laughs> uh, and to that end, you know, my son, my 18-year-old, now 18-year-old son, made a decision that he wants to live with his mom full-time. And so that just happened right after Thanksgiving. And um, part of not taking myself so seriously was not when he announced this, months ago not freaking out and not taking it personally and not thinking that my son doesn't love me because he wants to live with his mom instead of me full time right Uh, Right. he gets to make that choice when he's 18 he's an adult that's his choice right and it took a lot of work but I didn't freak out man and I didn't you know, say things I regretted over it. And I didn't make him feel bad for making that decision. And I didn't guilt him over it. I didn't do any of those things. I'm really grateful for that. But the day after Thanksgiving, I knew that now it's official. I won't see him for, I don't know, probably a long time now. right? Right. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Just wait till your other son right. goes, man, because then you're going to be one of those empty nesters. Right, right. And so all the emotions came in. That's a whole thing, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm having a hard time with it, man. Like, it's hitting me really, really hard, and I didn't expect it. And I, in those moments, I'm apt to take the club out and say, get over it. You shouldn't feel, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be you know, uh, feeling this way. Right. Um, and then I wanted to drink <laughs> right? really bad. Like I wanted to go to the liquor store. It lasted, it seemed like forever, but I bet you it was two minutes. 
maybe, but it felt like it lasted forever and it felt icky and I didn't like it. And then I wanted to judge myself because I shouldn't almost five years sober (laughs) have those thoughts. Right. And then, you know, I, I went through the day. I went through a, for a walk with my dog and listened to some music, had a couple of cries during the walk and felt a lot better. And the next day I went to a 12-step meeting and got to talk about it and felt oodles better. And I didn't have to drink and I didn't have to, you know, um, and I got to share that, you know, even at, you know, nearly five years sober that those things happen and it's okay. Right. Right. And not take my recovery so seriously that I'm not, I I don't allow myself to have these kinds of um, cravings sometimes. And, uh, you know, and, and, and not allow myself not to be okay for a little bit. Right. Well, it's funny because, I heard somebody discussing this recently, <clears throat> the similar scenario, right? Where you find yourself um, essentially raking yourself over the coals for, for feeling unsavory feelings, right? Right. Or think, or thinking unwholesome thoughts. And really what they, <clears throat> they pinned it down to, they said, that's, that's ego. That's pride because you, really think that you're that fucking special that or that or or that or that you are that strong in your recovery or or that you know like you're better than you're better than this right Bingo. and the way they said it i was like oh yeah better like it was like somebody punched me upside the head and i'm like that makes a lot of sense to me because i mean i've and i think we all really <laughs> we deal with that stuff on a semi-regular basis it's nothing it's nothing really that unique. It's, but it sucks, dude, right? Going through that. And, and I'm glad that you can, you can share that here with us because that's very helpful and instructive to a lot of people, I'm sure. And I know I can relate to what you just said. Um, maybe not the exact circumstance, you know, because my college age children, I, they don't know me, but, um, you know, you, you know what I mean. We I all, do. We all can, and that's the thing is that when, when we can get over the fact that, you know, we're, I'm, I'm just another guy in recovery, right? I'm not any less, any less susceptible to what we all battle on a daily you had a weekly, monthly, year, you know what I mean? Like we all go through it, all of us. Whether right. we, you know, go to, you know, um, five meetings a week and, you know, um, speak a, uh, on, a, you know, the 12-step circuit or whether we host a podcast or whether we, you know, um, whatever we do, right, it doesn't mean that we're not going to go through these things and it doesn't mean that, there's something wrong with us. Right. Uh, it's normal, right? There's a, there's a Ted talk. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's Stacy hall. It's called stop shooting on yourself. And it's pretty good. 
I love it. And I think I've seen it, although probably is worth a watch. We will. Or maybe we can ha- throw it in the show notes. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll throw a link in the show notes. Because so- it really correlates with what, exactly what we're speaking about. And, and it's funny because we can know these things. We're, we're armed with this knowledge, right? So, like, we're, there, there goes that pride again. See, I'm just trying to demonstrate the pride for you guys. I'm like, we shouldn't have to have to worry about this because we know this shit, right? Like, right. We're, we're right. talking about it. We're identifying it. We're, we're pinning it down here right. in conversation. So, and this, this, it's not it, like that. <laughs> no, man. And this should have, I should be better than this. I should be past this. I should be, I should right. be. You are where you are for a reason. I am where I am for a reason. And that's that acceptance piece. That's that humility yes. piece. Right. And it's, it's, and it's funny because when I, when I, you're right, you nailed it when you said it's about pride. And ego, and it's also about a lack of acceptance, right? Because yeah. I'm saying I shouldn't feel this way. That's it, fundamentally, yeah. I'm not accepting the situation as it is. And then what's one of the first things we learn in recovery, right? Like if you got one foot yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, then you're pissing all over today. And we can't, no amount of obsessing, ruminating, worrying, uh, you know, feeling guilty or shameful is going to change what's already happened. Like what's done is done. That's right. And all we can do is move forward. And yeah, it's so funny because we'll fucking sit there and beat ourselves up and shit on ourselves. And that's shit that already happened. We can't change it. So what are we, that's wasted energy and wasted uh, emotions. You know, And in reality, when we are embodying these principles of humility and acceptance and acting out of love, rather than some of those opposite principles, we are saving a tremendous amount of energy, spiritual energy, emotional energy, because we're not fighting upstream constantly like Mm -hmm. we were before, right? And for whatever reason, those positive ones are a lot less draining, they're a lot less taxing. No on us. doubt, man. Like when I'm not beating myself up or I'm not beating other people up and I'm not trying to control people, places and things, boy, it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a, that's where that peace and that serenity comes, right? Because, uh, I'm not fighting everybody and, and we've ceased fighting everybody and everything. Right. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I've you do. I don't know why, but I was just thinking about, and I can't remember verbatim. But somebody told me one day, I think I was in treatment, about how many muscles it takes to frown versus how many muscles it takes to smile, or some shit like that. And it was like a humongous, like an astronomical difference. It was so. It was like smile once in a while, you'll have a lot more energy because you're, <laughs> you know, you're like wasting so much energy to like wear a sad face here you go so it's been said that it takes 43 muscles google food i sure did very good and anywhere from 10 to 17 to smile boom right so there is almost quadruples (laughs) yeah for sure absolutely man we got some sober and serious feedback we need to get to you on rule number 62 Time now to hear what the Sober and Serious community says about this week's topic. 
Every week, we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. So we, we actually got two topics that we can share. You've got one. I've got one. So I'll kick yes, one sir. off here, and then we'll let you uh, have your have your uh, have yours have its uh, a moment in the sun as well. So mine was, <laughs> how important is AA's Rule 62 to your recovery? Don't take yourself too damn seriously. Uh, uh, JB, and we use initials to, to protect the innocent. That's right. JB says, my boss doesn't get it. <laughs> I like it. RY says, 62 on a scale of 1 to 62. Uh, I think um, we're we're starting to notice a pattern here, uh, but I agree. Uh, KC <laughs> says I spent the better uh, the better of two years trying to be perfect and would beat myself up any time I made a mistake, but I realized I will make mistakes. Learning to not repeat them is how I grow, and forgiving myself, progress, not perfection. Right. I love it. And I agree. I couldn't I couldn't agree. Boy is it boy is it hard to try to be perfect. Boy is that man. <laughs> Once we take off that crown of perceived perfection and we can just be human and 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 give ourselves the uh, the freedom to make mistakes and then employ our energy in learning from those mistakes rather than beating ourselves up over it. Boy, is it a, a, a fundamental difference there, right? Amen. CF says, the only thing I take seriously is recovery. Serious people are no fun. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <Love it. laughs> oh, yes. I see uh, what he did there. I do. I do. Yeah. Huh? KC came back and said, oh, and I learned we are not a glum lot, which means we are supposed to have fun. Amen. And he's right. Yeah. We didn't even really touch on the fun piece, but I think it's because it's not really what it's talking about personally. Agreed. I, yeah. Agreed. But, we could have but a whole another episode on we're not a glum lot, right? Right, right. Uh, CW says, People who take themselves way too seriously fail to visualize that they are a small speck of one among billions of humankind and that in 100 years, there will be even more billions of humans and the self-important, too serious person will have lived their life and passed away. And only a few thousands among the billions who have lived were really very seriously important enough to be noted in history. Well, I yeah. think he's talking about be having uh, you know some perspective there, right? right. <laughs> we can spend all this time trying to take ourselves all that seriously at the end, you know. <laughs> uh, none of us get out of this thing alive, do we? Exactly. <laughs> and we don't all, you know, get to the end without having some scraped up knees and bloodied elbows either. You know what I mean? No doubt about it. <laughs> yep. Tn says, "How can we take ourselves seriously?" We are, a, we are on a sober and serious site. How did we get here? We were seriously <laughs> messed up. 
Dude, these guys are hilarious. Uh, yeah. And that's it, it, man. That's all I got. So what do you have for your topic? Okay. Well, my topic, I said, I kind of tried to keep it real simple. I said, what do you do to stop yourself from taking things too seriously? Or are you just very serious? <laughs> and uh, first guy, KH, he said, rule 62. Yeah. <laughs> and I go. went, and then I sent him a, uh, kind of telling him that this is the topic we're going to be discussing and gave him the number and the link to the app and went how long he had if he wanted to talk about it he said he'd be interested so who knows when we get to this uh caller segment maybe we'll hear we got some calls so we'll see uh be said turn it all over to god Mm. yes that's a very practical suggestion that actually works Right, because it's letting, you know, back to that letting it go thing. And, and you know, like if I'm just letting it eat me up inside and it's, and I can't let, it's because I can't let it go. So uh, SG said, I work with kids. Enough said. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, HEB said, unless it's a serious matter or needs to be taken seriously, I try to be relaxed and laid back about most things. I was like, yeah, I like that answer. Um, KB said, acceptance is the key. Everything passes. Yes, absolutely. Acceptance is huge. And then she had got a response from JS that said, page 417 is probably the place I go most in the big book. And we all know that acceptance is the key. Um, very powerful uh, paragraph in the big book that, yeah, I think most recovering people who have t- took the AA way and read that book uh, love that piece of it. 417 saved, literally saved my life. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's so true. And it's that simple, right? Because it's so much less exhausting when we don't have to dude. fight everything. Dude. You know? I can choose to disengage. I can choose to disconnect and just do my thing. You know, um, Casey said, I just post a controversial meme on here. <laughs> and I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. It was yeah. good. Uh, P- yes. PD. Yeah, so, the, so just mix it up oh. a little. Is that the deal? We're just going to that, that. That's how. Yeah. yeah that. He wants to, get people rolling i guess and i i gave him a little crap in the thread if you're on the pages love it uh pd said there's plenty in this world to take seriously but nothing to take personally stuff happens i deal with it the best i can and i love that um you know putting your best foot forward focusing right and being intentional about uh giving things 110 percent or whatever yeah like be serious about a lot of stuff and try as give it your best effort, but yeah, try not to take things personal. CF said the only thing I take seriously is recovery. Serious people are no fun. Seriously, I, I think <laughs> we heard hell? that. That's the same. That's what the, same the hell? Guy. He so, probably yeah. just copy and pasted his damn comment on my shit. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He absolutely did that. You are correct. That's hilarious. KH said nothing but. Absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Mm. Don't believe me? Page 449, third edition, 417, fourth edition. Look it up. This is, that's back to that acceptance piece. Absolutely. 
Uh, AC said, I go to my Rule 62 meetings on Thursday nights. Rule 62, don't take yourself too damn seriously. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I sent him a little thing too, uh, pitching the voicemail lines. Maybe we'll hear from him. Uh, just a couple more. Damn, I got kind of a lot of comments on this shit. Uh, RW said, I like to crack my own jokes that usually... I am the only one laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> we know and, people like you, RW. We know people like I'm you. I'm still, I'm like you, RW. <laughs> AP, something I need more practice at. Thanks for your honesty, and I do too. I think we all do. CS said, play or just be with my nephews or nieces. Honestly, that helps me in all sorts of ways. Uh, BM said there are times when it's important to take things seriously. We need to pick and choose our battles. And we talked about that too a little bit ago. JDM said, I'm pretty serious. Not that I don't laugh and have fun. I may be a bit too passionate about certain things and people mistake me for super serious. And I had to comment or, you know, I responded that I can totally relate. People think that I'm like pissed off a lot when I talk because of the way that I speak up, I guess. Cause you get fired um, up. That's okay. Yeah. It's all good. I, I tell them, dude. I feel yeah. great. What are you good. talking about? Yeah, I'm fine. CR, last one, says, I went from being serious about everything to serious about nothing. I'm finding the middle now. There Isn't we that go. The truth? Balance yep. is a space that we yes. all struggle to find. All right, that. let's hear them callers. All right, dude. I'll tell you, on page 84 is a great line in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we have ceased fighting anything or oh, anyone, yeah. even alcohol. Amen. It's time once again to take some calls from the Way Out podcast listening audience. If you want to call the show, you can call 218-382-1960 and leave us a message on the current week's topic. Your calls make a real difference. So we here at the Way Out podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. So let's bring on the calls. All right, man. So uh, I think we got four. We might have gotten a few more as we've been rolling on here. So let's um, get these calls a rolling and we will see what we've got going. Let's see. I just have to pull up our calls, which are right here. I purposely I didn't listen to these. You did or did not? I did not. I purposely didn't. I want to be freshy, fresh responses. Very nice. All right. Yeah. Well, we've got the fir our, our first caller is a guy you and I know very, very well. Yeah, this is Keith Campbell. I'm calling in for the show today. What's up, Keith? Rule 62. Um, the first couple of years of my recovery, I tried to be perfect at everything I did, and I was real hard on myself, and uh, that would cause me to create a lot of pain for myself. So I had to realize that I was going to make mistakes and that my goal was just to not repeat the same mistakes and that's how I grew. But having fun and recovery, that's key because if you can't learn to have fun without drugs and alcohol, then you're going to have to go back. So you need to create a life that is so awesome that the thought of going back is fishy or gross to you and that's what i have done have a great day i love that ishy. he said the word ishy me too yes. ishy two things man 
Yes, absolutely. 100% that this is, uh, we're not perfect people, man. And uh, like we, uh, uh, I think, uh, referred to earlier, man, take that, take that uh, cross of perfection down off of your back, right? And realize that, you know, we all make mistakes. And, uh, you know, uh, it's easier, certainly easier said than done. But when we can learn from them and not beat ourselves up over them, we will be much better off. And the idea that we can create a life that we, um, uh, that, that is so much better, right, uh, that we don't want to go back. I think that's great. Absolutely. We got Peter coming up. Hi, this is Peter S. Uh, calling about Rule 62, uh, not take yourself too damn seriously. And uh, I'll be honest, that's something I've struggled with. Um, I'm at three years, seven months sober. And um, when I finally did the steps and applied myself, after 15, 20 years of being in and out of the rooms, I finally decided to do the steps three years, seven months ago. I threw myself into it every bit as hard as I threw myself into my drinking. Um, I I went through the steps. I did them thoroughly and honestly. I immediately started working with others. Um, I got quite a few sponsees, um, stepped up to service work. Uh, I'm now vice president uh, on board of trustees at 2218 Allen Oak Club. And so I've done so much in recovery that I have struggled having fun. And um, in the last few months, I've been trying to do more fellowship stuff, um, get back to my writing, uh, playing piano, some of the stuff outside of recovery that's important to me um, because yes. life is not all about not drinking and recovery. I mean, recovery gives us life. And then when we're given that life, it's a gift and we need to to use it, to, to go out, to go water skiing, to, to go camping, to go um, to, to concerts, to do all the things that make life worth living. And, uh, and it's something that I have struggled with. It's a challenge, but it's all about balance. And so that's the main thing for me is having that balance of working hard on my recovery, but finding time for myself to do stuff that has nothing to do with not drinking or, or talking about our disease, but just has to do with living the life that we've been afforded because we have taken the steps and, and are working on our addiction, um, our disease. So a uh, great topic, and uh, it's, it's timely for me because um, it's something I'm still working on. So thanks a lot, guys. Love what you're doing. Peace. Thanks, Peter, man. I, you know, and the theme's coming through here, man, in that we are um, hearing about, look, we are trying to create a life that is worth living. And if we're not having fun and if we're not having a good time in recovery and in life in general, then the attraction, not promotion principle is not going to work real well, right? Because if we are... Um, deadly serious all the time and we are morbidly serious all the time people <laughs> are going to look at you and be like that's that looks awful you right. look you look miserable uh and i don't want that i'd rather stick to what i know which is you know drinking so uh or drugs or whatever it is so you know um, what too man what i would theme I would venture to say that most of the time 
because I've I've caught that vibe off people in meetings, but most of the time it ends up being people that aren't really working it, like really working it. Because, you know, I also more often than not, it was like all these people seemed way too fucking happy, especially in my early recovery. And I thought they were annoying as shit and that they were all full of it. And there was no way they could be that happy. You know, for I mean? real, dude. Yes, I was like, yes. "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I would agree, though, that if if this uh, if the work that we've been doing uh, it doesn't ultimately make us happier, then what's we the point? Need, we need we need to reevaluate the work we've done because what's mm-hmm. the point exactly? Yep, absolutely, one hundred percent, lutely. And we got Mike. <laughs> Charlie and jo- uh, Jason. It's uh, Mike Swanson from Boston, Massachusetts. How you guys doing? What's up, brother? It's snowing oh, wicked hot here right now. Um, there's a there's a nor'easter coming in, and uh, I think it's coming from you guys. I don't know. It is. Anyways, um, Charlie, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, it's been a call. I'm calling. Hey, Rule 62. That's a hard one, man, because I think uh, for me anyways, what got me in trouble and got me drinking was uh, the fact that I took myself too seriously, um, and and because of that, I couldn't, um, yeah, I just couldn't deal with life. So I drank, forget. Uh, once I stopped taking shit seriously, then yeah, then life got better. But that's a generalization, you know, because a lot of people have a hard time letting go. I think the only thing I can say about it, you know, I can't say what I do in particular. I do a lot of stuff, you know, but um, <laughs> but I remember about Rule sixty two and 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 my belief of it is that uh, takes time. You know, don't expect overnight to be like, wow, hey, man, I'm happy, joyous, and free. It doesn't work like that. you got to keep working on situations, uh, you know, people, places, things, and situations, and take them one at a time. Some you'll get through with humor, some you won't, you know. Some you'll, you might even get pissed at yourself because you got pissed at the situation. Um, all you can do, man, is really just take them one at a time. Um, and, you know, try to see the funny in it. There's funny in every goddamn thing, you know. So, uh, it's a lot of swearing. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, time and practice. Practice, uh, patience, tolerance, love, um, and just realizing that uh, I was not the center of the universe really helped me um, adopt uh, Rule 62. So, um, okay, man, I hope you guys are well, and hope to talk to you soon. Call me anytime. Miss you guys. See ya. Bye. Some really good advice in there, man. Like, yeah. once you realize you're not the center of the universe. I thought Mike was the center of the universe. <laughs> for real seriously oh man michael thank you so much for calling brother we miss you hope you're yes. doing well sorry that you get all of our weather because uh what was here during thanksgiving is now there so that's how that works <laughs> yeah yeah we got one last call here and i think i know who this is from hey jason hope you and charlie are doing well Buddy C, uh, wanted to comment on this topic of Rule 62. Now, I came from Tradition 4 about that each group ought to be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. And what I got out of that when I first started looking at Rule 62, uh, the reason we can't take ourselves too seriously, uh, that we have to give people, every group has the right to be wrong. It's what's behind that. In other words, we as individuals have the right to be wrong, too, is the way I interpret that. And that gives me room to figure out that I don't have to take myself too seriously. 
Um, it's not up to me to fix the world, nor is it up to my group to fix the world. Um, and when I don't give people room and slack and, you know, if I'm trying to control every move, uh, it's like with children, you know, if I, if I don't let my children make mistakes, they're not going to learn for themselves. And I think that's kind of the same thing is that when we don't give people the right to be wrong and let them and stay out of their way and let people make their mistakes, uh, they don't learn from that and they don't learn how to, um, uh, to not take themselves so seriously because when we think it's up to us to change the world, we're serious people. And that just didn't work for me. I had no peace in doing that. When I learned to let go and just let things happen and get in the flow, oh, man, that just makes life great. So uh, looking forward to what you guys have to say and the other comments you get. Thanks. Have a great day. Oh, buddy, thanks for calling in. And Dude, I missed that guy. <laughs> oh, he's a historian, man, when it comes to the 12 steps and AA. He's just, he is indeed a historian, but I like what he said and I like his message, which was giving people the opportunity, give the, giving them the space, giving them the freedom and ourselves the freedom to screw up, to make mistakes. Absolutely. That it's not up to me to ensure everybody does what they're supposed to be doing, right? And it's not up to me to be judge jury and executioner and that was something i learned pretty early in recovery that like i don't have to i don't have to be the one to tell you that you're wrong it's not up to me right, right. like in fact i try hard not to be the guy that tells people that unless i absolutely have to right, right. because and that's I used not to, us yeah. that's not us living out of judgment right Right. If we're, if we're just waiting for the next opportunity to pounce on somebody. 100%. And like you said, be a hand slapper, right? Same deal, right? Uh, yeah. You know, just, uh, I never missed an opportunity in active addiction <laughs> or alcoholism to tell somebody when they're wrong. Never, never did one of those opportunities slide by without me capitalizing on it. Right. Somebody even fucking faintly tried to, say something to me about what I was doing I'd get so fucking defensive and you were absolutely wrong <laughs> I am grateful it doesn't have to be like that today me too man me too those were some great calls brother I know I'm so grateful that we got some calls the show is so much better with listener input 100% it, this show lives on listener feedback calls and comments to what we post on Sober and Serious. Those things really do breathe so much life into this show, and it makes it so much better when yeah. we're able to include uh, a corticopia of hmm. recovery input. A plethora. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is awesome, man. I. I love it when people call. I just really, really do. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. Jason, amazing show as always. It was good. It was. Uh, I hope to God you uh, uh, figure out how to quiet that, you know, roaring beast of a car you got here. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to look into. Uh, rattle your skull. skull every time you got to go somewhere. 
Dude, it's really fucking good. <laughs> yep. Everybody, thank you so much uh, for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Later. Peace, guys. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.